name's O'Reilly, and I'm here to tell you about leprechauns. Legend hath it that they were once magical elves in ancient times who became obsessed with riches and gold. Potatoes are a leprechaun's favourite meal. He can never tolerate another leprechaun crossing his boundaries. If you destroy his gold, you destroy the leprechaun. But mortals can never resist the power of gold. To them, being rich is more important than doing what needs to be done. They thought they'd made a horror show. Not it's a taster, a curse, be down below. But they had built it began to feel One hundred Forever now they must spin the wheel This is the 100 Lunatics Podcast Where horror lovers and horror haters come together for insights, insults, and information overload Tonight in 24, Leprechaun 3. Oh boy. We are three deep into the Leprechaun franchise. Hello everyone, I'm your horror lover, Daniel. And with me tonight, a skeleton crew, or an original crew, Nathan, our horror hater. Hello. And our beloved intern, Andrew. Hi. Welcome to the podcast andy uh intern how excited are you to come back to the leprechaun franchise uh i was uh i was a little excited i enjoyed the second one um it had its uh, really ridiculous moments I w- i'm excited to get back on the negative side of the scale uh with this so i i would say i was looking forward to this one. Oh wow well we've taken a turn nathan did were you yes. starting to worry that we weren't going to come back to it soon enough <laughs> No, I can't say that was uh, that was a concern of mine. I knew that we were going to come back to Leprechaun, and I don't know. Often I find myself excited when the wheel spins to find out what it lands on, even though I've pretty much been disappointed for the majority of the times. <laughs> it's like 23 spins of disappointment. <laughs> I, I have found a little bit of refuge in the Leprechaun franchise, because unlike other franchises... <coughs> Um, it does do new things. It does try out new things and add new things with every movie. And it seems to have fun with those new things rather than rehash and recreate and reanimate. <laughs> so we are definitely trying new things. Um, <laughs> Leprechaun, if nothing, uh, has a way of just shoving new shit in there. And why not? We've reached sort of a pinnacle in the franchise, I think. We don't know yet, but it feels like it. It feels like they've sort of really found their footing with this one. They know what they want the Leprechaun to be, and Leprechaun 3 is being it. 1995, we're coming in at a perfect 90 minutes. Um, Nathan, Andrew, want to take a guess at what uh, this came in at on IMDb? IMDb. Uh, over or under five? We're going to go with, uh, it must be like a whopping under five. Like way less than five. Well, like well, four, four point something. What would you say? I, I'm going to go with a 4.8. Whoa. 
Okay. You yeah, no, guys I'll, are cheaters. Lucky guess. I'll double down on 4.8. Daniel, yeah. what is the actual rating? Uh, no, we're going to skip that game because I don't play with cheaters. <laughs> but I, I want to talk about the Rotten Tomatoes rating. That's too bad. Ah, it's great. It's the second time in a row. Two and three out of zero. I talked about it anyway. Well, on the Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Zero percent critics. Yeah, critics. 34 oh, percent audience. Yeah. Oh, okay. Audience? Yeah, they don't really count. They're not really people. No. They're there. It, it's, <laughs> it's called users. It's not called audience. See how he twists things to oh. manipulate their importance and make them sound cooler? It's 34%. It's not bad. There's a there's a hefty handful of people out there most definitely enjoying Leprechaun 3. Yeah, 34 is a high percentile number for sure. That's Yeah, like if, that's if you got high. If you got 34% on your math final in high school, would you pass or would you fail? That's got to be a pass, hey, right? Yeah, it's got to be a pass. Better than a zero, right? <laughs> What's your grade point average in college if you get 34 on everything? It's like a .08. It's like <laughs> it's like get out, quit drinking, quit smoking the dope, get back home. No, you just quit at that point. It's trade it's like school. Almost be unnecessary. Well, he's just a distraction for everybody else at that point. He's bringing down other people's grade. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, right? that kind of grade point average brings down like, other grade point averages around him. It's almost a zero. Yeah, like an area of an effect spell in an MMORPG. He's like a grade point average succubus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Almost like. No, I can't do a leprechaun reference. No? You, I, you guys didn't have any limericks prepared for tonight? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't oh. take any time to, to rhyme things, Daniel. A <laughs> uh, $1.2 million budget. Uh, this was a direct to DVD. Straight to DVD. Movie. It was the best-selling uh, direct-to-DVD movie of 1995. And do you know why this movie went direct-to-DVD instead of going to um, the theater? Because number two cost $2 million, and that's what they made, which means they didn't make any money on two. Mm, that is logical, logical reasoning. Um, this movie has a little bit of maybe like a racism problem. <laughs> 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 what? Um, are you talking about the whitewashing? Was there whitewashing in this? <laughs> There's a. They've taken some liberties here and there, and I think that they felt that it might have been just a bit too risque, so they released it straight to DVD. Now, did you say it was the best-selling DVD? <laughs> straight, to 19, straight, straight, straight to DVD, DVD film of 1995. The best-selling straight to DVD DVD. Yes. Yeah. Come on. Hey, that's something. Hey. That's something. <laughs> Can we get a list of the top five, please? It could have been anything. It could have been some random drama, some random knockoff action film with like Mario Van Peebles. A couple of religious movies in there. Oh, yeah. Get those in there for sure. But no, it wasn't. It was Leprechaun 3 directed by someone we have seen before and enjoyed before. Brian Trenchard Smith. Where else have we seen this guy, gentlemen? Night of the Demons 2. Night of the Demons 2. And uh, we'll see him on the next uh, Leprechaun That's as right. well. He comes back for Leprechaun 4 in space. I am excited because even though I've seen all the Leprechaun movies except for Colon in Space. 
Oh, so you haven't even seen the next one. I have not. It's the only one that I haven't seen. Why have I seen both of the hood ones and not the space one? Who knows? Luck of the draw. Well, uh, you'll be happy to know that uh, Leprechaun 4 in space also received a zero. <laughs> Three in a row on Rotten Tomatoes. Three in a row. Yes. Yep. The reason that we constantly bring up these generic ratings from these large, broad sites is to show how incapable they are of considering films of this nature. Further strengthening the 100 Lunatics horror-specific rating system. Um, do you know that he also directed BMX Bandits? A little debut by uh, Nicole Kidman? I saw that in there, and I didn't know what to do. Didn't know what to do? Yeah, like, you know when you see a movie title from so far back that it feels familiar, but you don't remember watching it, and you kind of anticipate that your cousin's going to make a big deal out of it, but you still have no idea what it's about or why it, why it matters? Yeah, I don't think that I've seen it. I have seen the other BMX movie. What is it, Rad? Rad? Yeah, I saw Rad. Filmed in my hometown. Oh, is, is BMX Bandit like the straight-to-DVD awful version? I uh, no, Maybe. I, I don't know. It's it's an Australian movie. Do you remember in Rad when they, they do like the the bicycle dancing prom scene? Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> Daniel. This is about Leprechaun. Daniel. <laughs> no. I don't remember a single goddamn thing about Rad. Uh, oh, come on, than, guys. Other than that, he lived in a motorhome. He lived in a motorhome. He does like a choreographed bike dance for his prom with the chick Daniel. from Full House. Daniel, knock it off. Stay on target. Don't know anything about Rad. I can't yeah. share this moment with you. BMX bandits. Come on. Leprechaun, stay on target. <laughs> stay on target. All right, fair enough. Um... John Gattins, who plays Scott, our naive uh, main character, our, our little country boy coming into Vegas for the first time and being swayed by all the lights and the glitz, um, he's not acting anymore, and he quit acting soon after Leprechaun. In fact, half of the cast, I think, quit acting altogether after this movie. Um, but he then he became a writer, and he's famous still to this day for being a screenwriter in Hollywood, any guesses at something that he might have written? Are you talking about John Gattins? Yes. Why did you say he's quit acting? Well, he he has done a couple of acting jobs in like the very recent um, <clears throat> time period, but he quit for a long time after this movie and went instead into writing. I'm showing some pretty steady work here, acting-wise. I mean, it's not like amazing roles or anything. Like he's a valet and an Air Force pilot. Right, little bit parts. Maybe he's like, yeah, maybe he's stepping in for bit parts on movies that he... Did he write all of these? Let's see. Yes. Yes, he did. Oh, there we go. There's the connection. He wrote Real Steel. So that makes sense that he's um, a character in Real Steel. And Coach Carter, oh, he's the one Flight. that ripped off that speech from Nelson Mandela. Flight? He wrote Flight. Yeah, he's in all the ones that he wrote. That's why. Need for Speed, the story. <laughs> Good on you. Oh, oh, he's oh, he's he's writing Kong Skull Island, and Real Steel Two. And he didn't really get he didn't really get going in this screenwriting until uh, five six years after um, after Leprechaun, Leprechaun 3. Three. Yeah, I think a lot of people from Leprechaun Three had to spend a good amount of time just finding themselves. Oh, that Keanu Reeves. Baseball kids from the ghetto. Hardball. Hardball. Yeah. But, but guys, wow. most importantly, 
we may have a chance to see him perform again because he is in Pumpkinhead 2. So Great. I love Pumpkinhead 1. Everyone take a deep breath and relax because we well, will have another chance. Tonight is <clears throat> an original. An original. So we're safe from any Pumpkinhead nonsense. Yeah, at least for one more round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, someone who actually did quit after this movie, Lee Armstrong, who plays Tammy, she uh, just didn't want to be in the biz. <laughs> up with, uh, uh, she, she's famous for uh, being an intern on the Howard Stern show. Yes. <laughs> she has appeared there. Thank you guys for uh, reading the IMDb facts. Yeah. Um, she's like a she's like a thrift store Elizabeth Shue, right? <laughs> right. John yes. Gattins is like a thrift just, store just Willem like- Dafoe. I think, I think Elizabeth Shue is a thrift store. Somebody else. Well, then we're just dealing with copies of copies here, because all I could see was Elizabeth Shue when I was watching her. All I could see when I was watching the, the character Scott was Willem Dafoe, and all I could see when I was watching the casino owner was a fat Ray Liotta or a contemporary Ray Liotta. <laughs> I didn't equate any of these people with real actors. Yeah, they it's were difficult. All, they were all terrible actors. Yeah, we have Fazio. Uh, he's actually more of like a voice actor. He's in every anime and video game you can think of that came out over the last 15 years. And uh, Loretta, played by Carolyn Williams, who is sort of a little minor horror queen. She's in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Stepfather 2, Hatchet 3. She's actually in Tales of Halloween, which is awful. Unbearably awful. So looking forward to watching that. It's going to be another like four night. Yeah. And in a, in a rare opportunity, because I had some time this weekend to just desperately do anything but what I was doing, I watched Leprechaun 3 and then immediately started it over with the director commentary. And listening to Brian Trenchard Smith just sit in a room by himself and comment on every single scene and word of Leprechaun 3 was great. I have never heard... He's like an elderly Australian guy who's totally aware of how low-budget and terrible uh, Leprechaun 3 is and totally loves it. Like, sincerely enjoys every stupid little part of it. And it was so nice just listening to him talk about it and explaining everything and saying all the things that you think in your own head. And he talks about how the main actress hated him because he kept pushing her to wear lower and lower cut tops and uh, that she wouldn't do the... She wouldn't show her breasts for the movie and how he had to be super careful with Warwick Davis because little people take longer to heal. So he like would always be terrified whenever Warwick had to do his own stunts. He's like, we can't actually hurt this guy, like, but we're going to hurt him. Let's throw him against the wall. It's going to take forever. It's going to take forever. And the commentary track was uh, was really good. It was actually even like a lesson in low budget filmmaking. He was telling you all the time, like, how do you cut corners properly? He was using gorilla camera crews to go capture B-roll of Las Vegas because he didn't get any licensing. Uh, he put actual stores in the film that he never got permission from. Like, he was just cracking himself up the whole time. And he's like a 60-year-old man. This is how you cheat the system, boys. <laughs> it's, it's exactly how it was. And it was so much fun. I haven't had that much fun listening to a director commentary track in a long time. And I've had my fair share. But that said, let's not forget Warwick Davis... The star of this film, the, the Leprechaun, show up. the 
he's much like Robert England in that he has a rare opportunity to play in every single one of the movies in his franchise all the way up until the remake, which of course wouldn't have him. So it's always a leprechaun. Is there what? Is there a remake of Leprechaun? You watched it. Origins, I guess. Oh, right. Yeah, I did watch it. Oh, it was bad. It's not really a remake, as it is just a thing entirely separate and on its own. Mm-hmm. Only Trying linked. to make money off of the original franchise's existence and failing very... Very successfully failing. Badly. Yes. Oh. Now, real quick recap. Leprechaun 1... Leprechaun gets trapped in a crate in an abandoned house. Family moves into that house. They release him. A bunch of antics ensue with the Leprechaun and this bizarre house painting crew. Until they eventually slingshot a four-leaf clover, which hurts Leprechauns, into his mouth. And his face melts off and he falls into a well. And explodes. Let's review his abilities in the first film. Okay. One. Uh, his powers lie in his gold in number one. Correct. Becomes stronger when he is in possession of it. His techniques include teleportation, levitation, reattachment of body parts, and voice mimicry. Voice mimicry, yeah. You can also use magic to move objects, such as a door. Uh, he can ride tricycles extremely fast. Uh, and something to do with shoes. I thought shoes had a bigger role. Oh, he the really whole, likes shoes. He was whole... going to make one out of ear. But, but the whole cobbler angle had a large role in the first one, did it not? It did. Well, they they used up. shoes to distract him. Oh, right. He gets really distracted by shoes. <laughs> He's running around in the yard, picking them up and cleaning them off. Yeah. 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 yeah he sees a shoe that needs repair, and he, he's compelled to repair shoes. After the first, he kills the first guy, he cleans his shoe afterwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was yeah. an awesome part that I wish they had kept and brought along his, shoe addiction yeah like his like obsession <laughs> to the point of distraction where he's just hold on a sec <laughs> like i gotta <laughs> i gotta fix this fucking shoe <laughs> yeah yeah we get a little nod to it in this movie but in number two brief brief and number two i don't think there's any mention of any shoes at all also the story sort of just ignores everything that happened in the first movie and instead we get to see the leprechaun back in time the creation or insertion of some sort of love spell that the leprechaun can use to get a wife. Anyway, we cut back into present day. There's, of course, Morty, the disgusting douchebag, and his nephew, and they run a scam, uh, you know, haunted tour of the city. And they end up coming into contact with the leprechaun. Of course, Morty gets involved by stealing some of his gold. Um... Back and forth, people get killed until eventually, uh, how does he go at the end? He gets touched by iron or shot through with iron, right? Um, Let's see. Yep. Another weakness is wrought iron. Right, the wrought iron. Contact with it scalds him, and if he is trapped in an iron safe, he cannot escape. If the leprechaun is stabbed with wrought iron, he can explode if unable to remove it. And that's exactly what happens. They stab him with wrought iron at the end. He explodes, uh, our couple kisses, and we fade to black. Now and his powers, in number two, you can add the ability to grant three wishes. Grants three wishes. Yeah, he's a genie. To, <laughs> yeah, to wh whoever captures him. 
but twists the wishes to the loss of the person who makes them, which is his his gleeful joy in giving the wishes is to disappoint people. Mm-hmm. Ending in their death in some way. He also displays the ability to use his... How do you say that? Come on, Andy. Help me out. His shillelagh. <laughs> his shillelagh. His shillelagh. He can, he can point himself towards the gold, to, towards his missing gold, almost like a compass. He can feel it pulling him. His shillelagh pulls him to his gold. Yes. Yeah. He can also... Powers, conjuring illusions. Yes, I was just going to say that. Shape-shifting to trick humans, which he uses a lot in that finale. I think he pretends to be the hot bitch. Yes, he does. Also in number two, that's different from part one and part three, is in number two, he seems to be accumulating more gold. Like he steals it off of a finger, off a guy in the street. Yeah. He's looking for yeah, more. The tooth. Yeah, the yeah, tooth. He's hoarding. And he's, he's got like a layer where he hoards all of his gold. Yeah. He's got like actual home. Mm. In part one and three, it seems to be that he has a hundred coins and he is totally cool with just having a hundred coins. Yeah. Me gold. Me shillings. Me shillings of gold. And he's very aware of when one of them is missing. So now, we've caught up with one and two. Nathan, please tell us what's going to happen in part three. Well, in Leprechaun 3, uh, the Leprechaun's gold itself has the ability to grant one wish for every coin in the holder's possession. His magic can also be used to start fire and bend reality. So, what does the Leprechaun do at this point? I mean, seriously, Daniel, what... What does a leprechaun do? He's been trapped in a house, and he's living in the base of a tree, hoarding gold. What's next? Well, what, you, what could what could possibly be next? Where does an an icon of greed go yes. in America? What what would be the first place that you would go if you were a leprechaun? Come on, Andy, help me out here. Uh, Tokyo. <sighs> God. Nebraska. Damn it. The Philippines. No. Ooh, no. Vegas. Only one of those in America. Vegas. Of course he does. They could have just called this Leprechaun in Vegas. Because that's basically what it is. It's Leprechaun in Vegas, or at least Leprechaun in a pawn shop and some sort of sound studio in one casino the entire time. But that's okay. We understand the low budget implications here. Like I said earlier, Daniel, this isn't about necessarily... Um, this, isn't, this isn't about necessarily just the location. This is about trying new things or throwing a new thing on the table uh, obviously vegas is a part of it but is this just doing the same thing and recycling everything over again and it's not it's it's trying new things i think the best thing that the leprechaun series ever did was remove the shackles and allow it to just be whatever it is the next person wanted it to be and i think that we all know that he's going to space next so obviously they're just they're having a lot of fun with this franchise. I was musing earlier that I think Beyond Reanimator would have been a lot better if they had just stayed in Vietnam or whatever war they were at and just, you know, started creating like undead army monsters or something and just kept going instead of going back to the same house, to the same place and doing the same thing. So kudos to Leprechaun for constantly just taking him into a new place and Throwing down new shit and changing his abilities and fucking everything up. Amen. All right, let's start the movie. 
Trimark Pictures. Who do we begin the story with? What wonderful character do we begin Leprechaun 3 with Nathan? Uh, you talking about Mr. Mr. Lucky? We can talk about Mr. Lucky yeah, Mr. coming Lucky. into Gupta's Pawn oh. Place. Oh, we're talking, you want to go whitewash? We're talking whitewash? We're, yeah, we're talking... Don't you want to punch up? Yes, we're talking a classic white man playing an Indian. Can we all do one right now? Come on. In the spirit of whitewashing, can we just all do our best East Indian accent? All right, all right, all right. Here I go. Here I go. Gupta. Here you go. All right, hold on. You will be showing me what is in the sack then? Huh? Fucker. Uh, what did he say earlier about not playing with cheaters? Yeah. That's hey, cheating. Come back soon. That Let's hear your Peter Sellers impression. I am getting very upset. I'm going to talk like this for the rest of the episode, Daniel. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes, you have to. You have to now. Uh, I have a gold coin, and my wish is that you talk like that for the rest of the episode. (laughs) No, we have a man named Lucky coming into Gupta's pawn place in Vegas. Lucky, of course, is missing all of his limbs, basically. He's He's not lucky. He's pretty lucky. He's He's got a a hook hand. He's missing a leg. He's got a crutch. He looks pretty sickly, and he's carrying a big ass bag that Gupta has to help put him on uh, put on the counter. And in that bag, despite being melted and dropped in a well and blown up into goopy pieces, we have a statue of the Leprechaun with some sort of medallion around its neck. And by the way, Lucky responds to Gupta touching the medallion. We know, as the audience, right away that something about that medallion is keeping the leprechaun in a stone state where'd that come from it's probably got a four-leaf clover and is iron rot there's a wrought iron medallion with an with a a four-leaf clover captured an amethyst like a prehistoric (laughs) mosquito in the middle right yeah it's just like jurassic park and naturally combine those two together you can turn leprechauns into stone Mm -hmm. this medallion is so cheap (laughs) yeah No wonder you want me to be careful. It's a fall apart. It's so cheap. Oh, he did one. Now it's your turn, intern. (laughs) Yeah. Pressure's Uh, on. We'll get there eventually. No, no, no. Intern wouldn't do Gupta's voice. Intern would do the leprechaun's voice. Mm, I like Indian food. So spicy. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know he was supposed to be an East Indian until that scene. Until that scene. Yeah, when when he said, I like Indian food, I'm like, wait a minute. And the intern can attest to this. I asked him, is he supposed to be an East Indian? That is so off. Like, he's not even close. But he totally looks like he's brown. No, he does not. <laughs> that clear white skin. <laughs> it looks terrible. It's, yeah. yeah it's, he's whiter looking than the guy that came in. He's not even, not even close. It's awful. It's pretty bad, but. And the first thing he does is touch the medallion when Lucky specifically told him. Don't touch the medallion. Right. Yeah, he you gets. Know, you know what happens here, though, is that uh, they were probably so offended at themselves by having this white guy play an Indian um, that they killed him first. He, like, he, we just got to get rid of him. Yeah, he will end up dying first. He gets lucky out of his store by giving him 20 bucks for the statue. And as soon as he's gone, he takes the medallion off. Of course, boop, leprechaun back into existence. Hello, mm-hmm. Warwick. I felt like that whole exchange was improvised. I didn't think that that whole $20 sale was scripted. I felt like the director just said, guys, go in. You're selling this to him. You guys decide what it is. Just just feel the moment. Just feel the scene. 
just land on, on a number. Uh, I don't know if that's what happened, but it is a strong possibility because there are lots of improv actors in this movie and the director does mention letting them have as much fun as, as, as he could let them. So maybe you're right. Regardless, Leprechaun comes back around. Uh, his little pot of gold. Right? Where did that pot of gold come from? Was that part of the statue? Because as soon as a Leprechaun becomes normal again and can jump off the counter, he leaves his little pot of gold behind, which Gupta finds. And the second he touches it, the Leprechaun has a reason to uh, murder him with a shillelagh. Yeah. He's got to uh, he's got to kill people. That's his number one priority here. It's not gold. It's killing people for no reason. Because in all of these, people end up with the gold that aren't really trying to steal from him. And he kills them anyway. Right. Although in this case, there's a little bit of greed that comes into play. Because you know, he, he touches the gold. The leprechaun bites his toe off and starts to beat him with his shillelagh. But he holds the medallion out and scares the leprechaun away. And the leprechaun pretty much... Just go, at least in my head, it seemed like he just didn't consider Gupta worth the trouble anymore and grabbed his gold and ran out the door. But when he ran out, he dropped a coin. Yeah, I, I want to I take a moment here and talk about the accountability of the leprechaun. I don't like that there's no lid. There's no lid or fastening top to his pot of gold. He just grabs it all willy-nilly, you know, in a way that really looks like more pieces should have fallen than just the one and dances and prances about, or I'm sure you could also view it as running away in fear of the medallion for some reason. For I mean, some reason. Just, yeah. We don't really know. They don't, they don't really explain it. No. The medallion just kind of gets tossed to the side at one point. But the point here, Daniel, is that I feel like there should be more accountability on the leprechaun in this situation. He just drops a, a gold behind it's his fault he should come back and be like look i'm sorry i dropped my gold i'm the one that dropped it i i just need it back just give it yeah. to me listen if you give it to me i'll give you three wishes what about that right and then play his little hey <laughs> got you made a stupid wish fuck face game that he plays but don't don't you think like, yeah it just seems a bit irresponsible no i mean how, how many times has he gone on a murder spree only to realize that he dropped a coin in a field somewhere <laughs> yeah well, no, he's using his shillelagh. To, yeah, uh, I can just direct him to his own gold. He knows it's there. This whole movie, he know, he, you know the shillelagh's guiding him there, but he's just a little late every time because the gold keeps changing hands so quickly. It is a prancing piece of shilling. Shilling, yeah. Did he have this? Is this the first time he has a shillelagh? I, I didn't know him shillelagh was that club thing that he was holding until you identified it. I was waiting. Yeah, I'm excited to use the word shillelagh now. Right? I don't I think, think he had that club. In two for some reason. Well, the abilities article that I was reading suggested that in two, that's Leprechaun 2 is where he develops the ability to use his shillelagh as a compass guiding gold, almost like a, a metal detector. What I love is that when the Leprechaun is left and Gupta gets a little coin, Gupta, just like in number two, where Morty, out of nowhere, has like an overdue book on fairies and leprechauns at the ready. So does Gupta have a 1990s computer program that he inserts into a compact disc carrier and then places the carrier into his computer and brings up immediately an encyclopedia on leprechaun and other folklore creatures. What is in folklore? Yeah. 
you know, when they did this in the second one, it offended me to a certain level that the book was just there. And I remember talking and yakking about that. But in this one, when he opened the drawer and the CD-ROM of Le- Legends and Folklore was there, I just laughed because they probably laughed, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh, need to learn about leprechauns, so whoop. You find out so many wonderful things, like mm-hmm. about potatoes and, yeah. you know, how, how you get a wish. It's too bad nobody was paying attention to that when it happened. Yeah, I know. This computer program tells us basically everything we need to know about leprechauns. What's even what's annoying, though, is that Gupta, it brings up a list of different creatures for you to click on, of which one is leprechauns. And he takes the time to type out leprechauns and then hit enter instead of just clicking on the fucking link. There probably wasn't a link at that point in time. It was uh, probably set up where you had to. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed. Did they not have mice back then? <laughs> no, you just don't remember how CD-ROMs worked. Yeah, you clicked on shit. I remember how they worked. No. Treat me like an idiot. Anything, he would push two. Yeah, he pushed two and then type in. He had to do function four. You <laughs> bring up no, the you text field. Push, you wouldn't have to type out Leprechaun, but you would have to push the number and push enter of whatever Leprechaun was. And I'm ashamed, Daniel, that you don't remember these things. You're just so absorbed in today's technology that you just forget completely what it used to be like. It's a little bit embarrassing. What I like is when Gupta decides that he's going to go hunt down the leprechaun and get the rest of the gold. One, little, two, little, three, little leprechauns. Four, little, five, little, six. Little leprechauns. Yeah. Go get him, Gupta. I asked Andrew. I was like, why is, he, why is he loading the gun? Like, what did he learn about leprechauns? And Andrew was like, nothing yet. Or at least they haven't told us anything. He just, he just looked up leprechauns and then started loading a gun. That's about it. It's a little fork scooping potatoes into its mouth on the CD-ROM. Yeah, from the CD-ROM, we learned that leprechauns' favorite food are potatoes. Just like any other good Irishman. Um, they don't, they're very territorial. They don't like other leprechauns encroaching on their turf. That's the first time that we've heard that. Yeah, or apparently were, to, uh, were leprechauns. Right. That they, they, or that they were elves that were mm-hmm. corrupted by greed and became leprechauns. Uh, they derive their power from their gold and that each shilling of their gold will grant its carrier a wish. Um, Gupta's gonna be our first kill. They have a little, uh, a little one-on-one. What in the warehouse? Leprechaun shoots him with a Cupid's arrow. Yeah, it's like his his back back room full of extra stuff. Yeah, it's like the pawn the, storage, the pawn back shop room storage, yeah, shelving units and such. Yeah, a, a playground for a leprechaun. Uh, he shoots Gupta with the arrow. He sticks his finger in Gupta's gun and yep. makes the gun explode in Gupta's hand. And now he's got nothing left but to uh, take the coin and the medallion and try to negotiate some sort of deal with the leprechaun. He even like goes and makes himself a drink and leaves the door open and like seduces the leprechaun into the, into the room. Little bottle of whiskey on the counter. And as the leprechaun comes in, he... Uh, Gives us one of many, many, many <sighs> Limbricks and Rhymes. There was 
was an old man of Madras whose balls were made of fine brass. So in stormy weather, they both clanged together and sparks flew out of his ass. <laughs> I'm finding this to be a very funny and poetic leprechaun. <laughs> uh, goop to like. <laughs> is it uh, me or is, is his uh, limericks being uh, more like R-rated? Yeah, there was a few R-rated ones in here. I think those are the only ones that I bothered to capture because in the other leprechaun movies, I would make a montage of all of his little rhymes and limericks. And in this movie, I just couldn't do it because I would have to record the whole thing. <laughs> because yeah. I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think he talks in this movie without making a rhyme. No, that's true. Every time he talks, it's always a limerick or a rhyme. One of the abilities that he lost was how to talk like a normal person. <laughs> he can't do it anymore. And so I captured only the ones worth capturing, which are the more R-rated ones. Mm-hmm. Um. And through this botched negotiation, of course, it's not going to go the way that Gupta wants it to. And it doesn't. And Gupta ends up getting strangled by a phone cord. Like, when you think of being murdered by a leprechaun, you don't think of something so pedestrian as being strangled to the floor <laughs> with a phone cord. You think of something like Morty. Like, oh, I wished for gold and he put it inside of my body and then cut it out of me. That's what you think of. You don't think of being dragged to the ground with a phone cord. Hmm. And then finally, after all of that introduction to get the Leprechaun back into this universe, we get to meet our naive leading man, Scott, and our brash leading woman, Tammy. Uh, I would like to refer to Scott as Wide Eyes. Wide Eyed? Wide Eyes. Because yeah, his eyes are wide? Eyes. He always has his eyes open all the way, like he's in awe of what's happening yeah. all the time. Yeah, the direct- Not all the time, but most of the time. The director said, be innocent. Be as innocent as possible. And he just opened his eyes. <laughs> this is how you uh, display innocence in acting. Like deer in the headlights. Innocence. Mm-hmm. He's on his way to college. He's got a fat, singular check for every possible amount of money he will use throughout his entire college career in an envelope in his pocket. And he's driving to California. But he's going to stop in Las Vegas to check out the lights. He's never been there. And while he's driving through Vegas, he stops and helps out Tammy, whose Volkswagen bug has broken down on the side of the road on her way to work. He checks for the engine in the front as a nice little beetle joke. Yeah, he's like, ah. The only people who drove or drive beetles get that kind of humor. Mm-hmm. And those fucking people are assholes. I enjoyed it. Now, she didn't even appreciate it. He said, oh, your engine's missing. And she rolled her eyes as if she's heard that a million times from every nice gentleman who's stopped on the side of the road to help her out. And when they can't get the car to work and he offers to go ahead and drive her to work in his car, uh, she jokes around and says that she works in Chicago after he agrees to take her no matter what. And he makes this weird little sound after she says that she's just joking. And it like... Here, just take a listen. This is after she's like, just kidding. Uh, yeah, got me. <laughs> yeah, got me. Uh, yeah, got me. <laughs> this is before or after uh, he told her about uh, smoking a rod. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Rod smoking. No, blown. You were blown a rod. You're blowing a rod. Have you ever blown... Haven't you ever blown a rod before? Yeah. Come on. 
Girls named Tammy have blown a rod. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, got me. <laughs> and as they're driving her to work at the casino, we get to meet some of the people in the casino, one of which is the great Fazio. Fazio's the greatest magician that ever lived. Well, she explains on the way there that she's a magician's assistant slash aspiring magician. Right, and she's just waiting for her chance to get out from underneath this shitty magician so that she can be one. And that shitty magician is Fazio. 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 And also... The only thing that would make him a bigger asshole is if he drove a beetle. Okay. See what kind of mood you're in tonight. (laughs) Well, just so that everybody understands, Daniel, what was your first car? It was a beetle, Nathan. Okay. Just wanted to check in. And I once got a ticket for driving it on the beach with the hood open and people sitting in the front. See? Told you. Asshole. And then when the cop pulled me over, I got out and I was like, where'd the engine go? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then he went, Uh, yeah, got me. (laughs) Fazio. Fazio. But also, right now, I would fucking smoke you in the face with it. Would you do this? Would you make this beautiful noise that Gupta makes when he gets beat with a shillelagh? (laughs) 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 That's going to be a good... That could go next to... uh, Flag that one. (laughs) Next to the wicker man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shillelagh me, Daniel. One more time. (laughs) Okay, that's good. (sighs) I gotta bundle it up. I'll tear your eyes out and I'll rip your face off. <laughs> now with in the uh you know their the little rehearsal auditorium where Fazio is there's also Loretta who runs the roulette table she's on break so she's reading some papers she's doctored up with a terrible wig and some terrible fake saggy tits and Fazio is just a bastard to her he's kind of a bastard to everyone really but especially to Loretta you were beautiful 20 years ago 20 years ago, Loretta, or should I say 20 pounds ago? Mm-hmm. She's not that fat. No, she's not. She's not fat at all. Boobs. She's just got fat on her boobs that are sinking down know. to her belly button. They try to they, they try to make her look ugly and refer to her as fat, but really, you can tell the whole time that... There's something not fat underneath all that Yeah. fat? Yeah. yeah, we won't like be. Ref- fish is gonna be related to her appearance, of course, and we won't be referring to anyone as fat. In fact, Nathan, you will address me as the great one. Uh, yeah, got me. <laughs> Fazio. Fazio. I told you, you will address me as great one, off stage and on. Hmm. <laughs> I like that. And they've got uh, Tammy's in her little Playboy Bunny magician's assistant outfit. And she asks Fazio if they're going to do the rings again tonight. They're not going to do the rings tonight because Fazio has something... He's on fire. Oh, yeah. He's got a much better plan. Instead of just letting her get out of the box, he wants to throw the whole box on fire. And he gets so excited about it, I just found it really funny. You're in the box. I do the standard switch gag. And then I set fire to the box! The audience goes nuts thinking you're in there being burnt alive. <laughs> the audience freaking out because you're in there just being burnt alive. He really says fire 
nice in that uh, that one. Fire! Fire. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, he's an idiot. He ends up setting a, a table on fire with the flamethrower that he has. And then out to come and check on the ruckus comes Mitch. Casino owner Mitch. Fat Ray Liotta Mitch, who he's I love. Casino owner, is he? Is he owner? I thought he was just like the floor manager. Maybe he's just the floor manager. Yeah, because he does have some like run-ins with some goons. So yeah, he could just be the floor manager. You know, his well, duty. Well, get your shit straight, Daniel. Is he the floor manager or is he the owner? <laughs> I was trying to think of who the owner was. Does the, does the owner make an appearance? Show? Jesus Christ. Does the owner make an appearance? I don't know. Does he? No. Who's so for, <laughs> for all intents and purposes, he's going to be our casino owner. And his job is to make sure that Loretta and Fazio um, earn their pay. I work the main room. I'm a star. You're a schmuck. Now get out there and earn your pay, Fazio. It's a weird cadence that he says his name. Get out there and earn your pay, Fazio. Fazio. He's got that nice raspy voice. He likes patting young girls on the bum. The voice of authority. Not going to tell. Breaks over, Loretta. Yeah, he got to go uh, steal some money from from our employee or from our guests. Mm-hmm. But Mitch uh, has table. Mitch has a little crush on someone. Who's that someone? Uh, the magician's assistant. Tammy. Tammy. Yeah, Mitch wants a little piece of Tammy. Yeah. Or a big piece. I think all pieces. Yeah, every piece. Does he seem harmless? Does he seem like he'd be the kind that like would get a little bit too drunk and then get fed up with her playing hard to get? And then just take advantage. Next thing you know, he's running downstairs. His hair is all tussled. He's in a panic. He's looking for Loretta because she's the only one that can keep a secret. <laughs> I need you to take care of a situation. Mm-hmm. There's a dead girl in my room upstairs. But instead, we get to see how easily Scott fails to listen to instructions. Yeah, he loses all of his money. Yeah, because he's what? He's 18 years old? 19, maybe? Heading to college? He's definitely not legal. No, he's not allowed to be in this casino. And part of the deal that he made with Tammy and her sneaking him in there was to just look around, don't touch anything, don't gamble, don't tell anyone you're 18, and get the fuck out and go to college. Instead, he cashes his entire $23,000 check and takes it straight to Loretta. And I feel like the wheel gets a little bit excited when he hears this clip. Get him down, get him down before the wheel goes round. We're going to have somebody lucky before the night is over. You feeling lucky? You feeling lucky, sugar? What you going to do with all that, huh? Can we talk about the mechanism under the table? Yeah, what about it? Do you mean the little cheating device that's underneath the roulette table? Right. I just want to say that it, it really looks like just... Like, it has no association to the wheel whatsoever. (laughs) And it just is like this little thing that goes clink and moves from left to right. And then that's it. And you're just... It just pulls the ball down sooner rather than later. No, it's not connected. It's a fucking little thing that just swivels to the side. Yeah. Attached to a piece of plywood underneath the table. It's got a magnet. There's no connection to anything going through the table. It's just this thing that moves... It's a magnet. It pulls the ball. Whatever. And it also <laughs> makes the most, like, obvious something sketchy is going on sound when she pushes the button. It's like, and then all of a sudden the ball drops into place. Everyone at that table should be watching her stick her arm under the table. But she I does. She looking at her, uh, her saggy boobs. She's like a bank teller going for the alarm, getting held up. 
Yeah, exactly. She's not trying to hide it. She's not that great of like a casino barker. But regardless, she swindles Scott for all of his money. And he can't believe it. I can't. I can't believe it. <laughs> uh, you, uh, Daniel, can you please shillelagh him? <laughs> I can't. I can't believe it. Me gold. Me gold. Oh, yeah. And Scott has to be, Scott has to go across the street. He's got to pawn his watch. Got to pawn his watch. His grandpa gave him that watch. Yeah. Yeah. And Loretta does not give a shit. She's like, make him proud and win your money back. That's some brutal. That's brutal. Got to do what you got to do. You got to make the money. Someone's got to pay the bills. She'll, she's going to get what, what's coming to her. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. So he goes across the street to the pond place, Gupta's place, and stumbles across Gupta's body, makes a very, very intense and panicked phone call to the police. Operator, listen, I'm in a pawn shop across the street from the Lucky Shamrock Casino, and I found a dead person. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I found a dead person. I'm sure. Okay, I'm out of here. Yeah. Hey, uh, police, he has a dead person. I'll wait around if you want. And can we talk about how the Lucky Shamrock Casino is obviously just some other casino with a piece of paper that says Lucky Shamrock <laughs> Casino wrapped around it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a nice swift move there by uh, by uh, Trenchard Smith. Trenchard Smith, yeah. He is not, he was very open about it. He said that they filmed almost all of the scenes in the movie in the basement of this hotel that's famous for leasing its basement to low-budget movies. And he said that they were bumping shoulders with, like, six other low-budget movie shootings. <laughs> oh, just just looking at this guy's filmography, you could really have yourself a party. You could have a Trenchard Smith event and just pick three and have a marathon, because that's what you need to be qualified as a marathon. I don't know if you guys knew that or not, but... Three movies qualifies as a marathon, and you could do a Trenchard Smith marathon and just go, uh, you know, Leprechaun 4 in space. Uh, we'll follow that with uh, the Paradise Virus, and we'll top that off with Tyrannosaurus Azteca. Mm-hmm. Aztec Rex. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I think uh, from what I've seen so far, I've enjoyed myself a little, Brian Trenchard Smith. He seems to have, a, you know, a grasp on the fun that's to be had with this sort of low-budget arena. Well, we had fun with Night of the Demons, too. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. Leprechaun 3, shaping up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, trying something new. Going to a new place. Introducing new things. Putting a different twist. Embracing change. Although he does uh, use one of his uh, older powers at the next point here, which is to impersonate... Unlike Bride of Reanimator. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, first, first, Scott finds the coin. It's just sitting on Gupta's computer. I guess the leprechaun didn't have time to snatch it before Scott walked in. That computer's just been, like, playing. Just, ever since. just spewing out leprechaun facts left and right. Yeah. Well, that's what it does. And those CD-ROMs did that. They just go through a series of facts. And it has press escape key to stop it. And it just cycles. That's what CD-ROMs used to do. That's not that big a deal. No. But when he finds the coin, he also very quickly enacts the power of the coin by wishing that he was back at the casino 
on a winning streak. And escapes the wrath of the leprechaun. Exactly. Temporarily. Just in time, too, because the leprechaun was coming up to murder him. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This is, this, thus begins the, um, the chase for his shilling with his shillelagh compass. Mm. As, he, as he trots and scampers across the Vegas Strip. Oh, he's quite to upset. The, to the paper-signed Lucky Shamrock Casino. He's got me shilling! He's got me shilling! Very, very upset. Yeah, he will be inspired to go on a walk around Vegas, uh, stop in front of famous landmarks and quote some limericks from home, some of his favorites. And while it's very he- stimulating, though. Like, the leprechaun is very stimulated by Vegas. He runs into the Elvis, fake Elvis, and has a stupid, ridiculous moment with the Elvis impersonator. Hey, man. See you on the flip side. <laughs> Vegas, my kind of town. Huh. Yeah, we get a little Elvis action. He stops in front of some casinos. He, uh, they show him, like, walking down the boulevard, just, like, smitten. He's, like, looking around with his little legs, clicking and clacking. No one seems to care at all that there's this leprechaun there, because it's Vegas. It's probably some little person on the way to a job. And yeah. then a real magician meets up with a fake magician, the leprechaun being the real magician, Oh, Fazio. Oh, they're not going to meet yet. The coin has to make its rounds through a couple other hands before we get to uh, Fazio's uh, shared magic show with the leprechaun. First, we're going to get... Andrew's Andrew's referring to their first initial meeting uh, near the money tree where I believe the leprechaun turns the bunny that's in Fazio's hand into a steaming pile of leprechaun dung. Yes, or green Play-Doh. Yeah. Or green play Green Play-Doh. Steaming I, green oh. Play-Doh. I thought it was steaming leprechaun dung. Oh, it's definitely leprechaun dung, which looks mysteriously like green mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh, God, we're yeah. looking at it right now. It's terrible. It does look like green mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> but good on him. He takes, you know, takes a metaphysical shit in Fazio's hand. Fazio! Fazio! And at this point, uh, Wide Eyes... Has already won his money. Oh yeah, he's on a roll. He's he's so much on a roll. He's gotten Loretta in trouble with Mitch, who keeps telling her to scam the kid, and she can't because the little machine, the cheating machine under the table, is broken, or the magnet has fallen off. <laughs> well, Loretta's on to him though. She's watching him from behind machines and carefully observing what's going on and putting things together to her credit. She is, and then Tammy and Fazio are having a shitty magic act in the other room. Uh, I love Fazio's little dance that he does between the two. Oh, God. Between the two booths. Yeah, he must be the worst magician who ever lived. Actually, I love that entire uh, s- song that that he <laughs> that he that he plays throughout his entire performance. Oh yeah. You see him like doing that little like rolling fist dance. Yeah. That happened about 20 minutes before the other scene. <laughs> oh, jeez. Ah, lovely golden palaces, completely full of riches. I'll rip them off and rub them blind, those dirty sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's not a bad one. I like that one. Um, when Tammy comes out of her performance and meets up with Scott, who is cashing in his chips, um, like he doesn't try to hide it at all, right? Like she told him one thing, which was to not do what he just did. It's like I want it all. Look, look at this. They even let me stay here for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They shut the table down because they want to cool his streak. They give him a room so that all that money doesn't leave the hotel. And she knows. She knows that they're trying to scam him back out of that money. She wants him to cash it out and go right then and there. Mm-hmm. She's watching out for him. They're bonding. They are bonding. And he kind of, like, fills her in on what he's been up to. I mean, I was losing my shirt, and then I went to pawn my watch, and then I found a dead guy. You what? Yeah. <laughs> Found a dead guy. Uh, anyway, uh, I called the cops. It's fine, I'm sure. That's what happens when you're so in awe of your surroundings. You just don't care about dead people that show up randomly. Right. So she's got to go do another show. He's going to go up to his room and relax. He's going to you know, take a shower and sort of settle in. And in this, while he's doing that, Loretta has gone and grabbed Fazio and told him, hey, that dude has a lot of money, cash in hand, and some weird-ass coin I want both. Go up to his room and rob him. Which he does. He's not even careful about it. He just like walks into the room and just starts throwing shit around and opening drawers and making noise. And Scott is just like right there in the bathroom. Fazio's like, this is silk. I should keep this. Yeah, he's like, I like that. This is silk. I should keep this. <laughs> but he ends up getting caught, of course. He doesn't find the money, but he does have time to grab the coin and run out of the room. He even like uses some of that magician smoke as he disappears. It's a nice touch. And here we're going to learn another really big thing that this movie is introducing to the Leprechaun franchise, which is Leprechaun Infection? We're Leprechauns. We're, we're, we're cons. Or, or Vampire Cons. Vampcons? Lepra Zombies? Well, let's get the rules straight. The blood has to mix. Leprechaun blood and human blood has to mix. Which is more like what it what it takes for a vampire. I feel like this is just fantastic. He bites his arm, then like Leprechaun bites Kid Wide Eye's arm. Wide Eye stabs Leprechaun in the forehead, <laughs> and All then the his way blood in. from his forehead gets into the bite the bitten arm to cause the beginning of this transformation. This uh, were Leprechaun transformation. It's just astounding. Yeah, really. yeah. Just to clarify, Scott is turning into a leprechaun. <laughs> yeah, and they are compelled to rhyme, and their skin gets scaly and gross. Yep, their nails get long, they're compelled to rhyme. You grow uh, long sideburns. They become ravenous for spuds, and they also and, are, well, are compelled to speak in an Irish accent. Yeah, the Irish accent, too. But the leprechaun, when he gets up off the pavement after being launched out the window from five stories up, he leaves the blade in there. Yeah, he cracks it off so that the tip is still in his yeah, forehead. Yeah, he doesn't pull the blade out. He just, cracks, just takes it off at the hilt. Yeah, the handle is just an, a nuisance. Whatever magical leprechaun powers will slowly absorb that blade and turn it into, like, glitter or something. And he had a... Uh... I think one of your favorite lines in this, Nathan, when he got uh, no, thrown out. No, it was this was high quality. Next time I'll use the elevator. Yeah, they are. Terrible. Oh, yeah, that terrible. was pretty terrible. The doll out of the window was not bad, though. 
the doll. Yeah, the rag doll out the window, yeah. It did land, like, right next to the camera exactly how it needed to. Yeah. I wonder and how many times they had to throw it out of the window. <laughs> the shattered glass. I wonder if they got it on first take. Could be. Yeah, they could have lucked out. Um, probably Trenchard Smith probably took the crew out for beers after that. Yep. Stunned silence until he said cut, and then <laughs> just a bunch of cheering. It was a great day. Here, quick, shit, grab the camera. Let's get some B-roll. Let's go. <laughs> War, yeah, Warwick is kicking his heels. And Loretta is having a really hard time convincing Fazio that this golden coin is not just a golden coin. Like, he he wants to sell it. Well, they don't know how to use it. Fazio's been slow on the uptake this whole time. What makes you think he's going to all of a sudden become intelligent? <laughs> yeah, he's a... He's a putz. We're not gonna sell it, you putz. It's got powers. What do you? It's got powers. It's got powers. It's got powers. My name's Loretta. It's got powers. This is where the movie starts to get good. By yeah, the way, yeah, this is the point where it starts to get good. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you get really the the characters become really really fun at this point in the movie. Well, because the first wish from wide eyes is kind of predictable just it's vegas it's money related it's not really that interesting and then what the casino floor manager slash possible owner slash old fat ray liotta (laughs) yep i want to say something i think daniel has something going on with hair (laughs) yeah that's apparent he sees chain necklace and chest hair, and he's like, Ray Liotta. Because there's nothing else about this that's Ray Liotta except for the chest hair and the and the necklace. Nah, he's got kind of a, I don't know, schmoozy, gangstery sort of feel, but still, like, kind. Well, then this is more Paul Sorvino than it is Ray Liotta. But, but he looks kind of like Ray Liotta to me. All right. So he wishes what? He wishes... Well, at first he gives Loretta... Uh, a hard time. He comes by Loretta and basically just steals the coin from her for not being a good enough cheat earlier. And uh, she doesn't like having her personal property. Listen how weird she says personal property. That is my personal property. Yeah, I think I remember reacting to that when it happened. That is my personal property. That is my personal property. (laughs) (laughs) Way off from her other accent. And I think this is a pretty harsh thing to say nowadays. Now, one thing I can't stand is a fat broad with a big mouth. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> fat yeah, 20 years ago and 20 pounds ago. Oh, fat broad with a big Jeez. mouth. Mm-hmm. She's just getting it from everyone. Yeah, but here's the wish that you're talking about. Because they're fighting about how they're both too fat to get sex with the people that they want. Her remarking on the fact that he's been trying to bed Tammy this whole time and being wildly unsuccessful. So while he has the coin in his hand, he, you know, accidentally or inadvertently wishes, you know, that he's desirable to women and right away. But not to women, to woman. To to woman. One woman. To one woman, that woman being Tammy. Tam- and Tammy is immediately under his spell and swings by to slut it up. Mitch. Tammy, what's the matter? I want you. You? I want you more than any man I've ever known in my life. Have you got a fever? Oh, right now, Mitch. Take me. Take me right here on the floor. On the floor. Oof. 
really weirded me out in that scene because while she's doing all that super sexy stuff, she's sticking her lips out really far. <laughs> like a duck. That's sexy. Yep. Ducks are sexy. It was hot. It was hot. It was hot. It, and it was hot. Then he takes her into the elevator. And for like the next 30 minutes in this movie, Mitch, if you just listen to the audio or if you just pay attention when you're watching the movie, Mitch is constantly making just great, like, dude sex sounds. Uh, beginning with the elevator with their little smoochy smooch. Where have you been all my life? I've been right here, baby, waiting for you. <laughs> give me a kiss. <gasps> oh, give, me, give me a kiss. They're not sex sounds. They're encouragement. He's, he's, a, he's an encourager. He's a teacher. Oh, yeah. Help. Well, you'll you'll hear them more once he starts getting into it, uh, once he's up in his bedroom. Um, you mean his love nest with the circle bed? <laughs> his love shack. What is it, Pleasure Palace above his bed? Pleasure Palace, it's so bare bones in there, too. He's got, like, one sweet-ass neon sign and then just a bed and a TV. And you're like, this is what a floor manager gets? All right. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. He's got some liquor up there. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Scott has discovered his sudden love for potatoes <laughs> and for uh, limericks. Potatoes. Oh, he does like them, doesn't he? Yeah, he goes and he gets every single possible kind of potato. Oh, baked potato, bro potato, French fries, potato skin, potato salad, and uh, six potato pancakes. <laughs> Anything else? There once was a lady of tut. Whose tastes grew perverted and rotten. She cared not for steaks or for pastries and cakes, but lived upon penis au gratin. Metallica. No, wait. White zombie. <laughs> I've got the album. <laughs> Enjoy your spuds. Weird, right? That was weird. Were we referring to the use of the word penis? No, just or? the. I guess the whole thing, really, but just that her mistaking it for Metallica and white zombie. I don't know. That was weird to me. Mm -hmm. Maybe someone directly involved with the film enjoys Metallica and White Zombie and wanted to do a shout out. And why not? It was the 90s. Everybody would have been like, yeah, I know those bands. Yeah. Looking at each other. Smiles on their faces. Um, it's totally like uh, lyrics from a song. I just got that the big M over top of his bed is for Mitch. <laughs> yeah. Just a reminder. I just put that together. Mitchell! <laughs> Shut oh up. <laughs> so long, chum. <laughs> um, dun, 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 dun. Mitchell! Okay, go ahead. There's, while um, Mitch has Tammy up in the room and she's doing little dances for him and getting all sexy and just about to take her top off, Loretta comes in, steals the coin. I guess once the coin is outside of your vicinity... It no longer your wish no longer works. Uh, once the coin is no longer in your possession, right? So what's the moment that it's not like? Because it didn't really stop until she left the room, even though she had it in her hand. Yeah, this is a problem. Uh, I think you have to get far enough away. And, inconclusive evidence here. And then once well, you're far enough away, it conflicts with Loretta's wish because she's permitted to remain in her wish state longer in my opinion yes that this was done this decision was made because they didn't want her or she didn't want to show her tits so that's why this wish stopped when it did yeah although it, it's the right move you know she wakes up from her hypnosis 
She's scared and freaked out why this old man has her up in his room. And uh, she runs off and Mitch is left with sore balls because she needs him in the balls. Well, the other difference here is that Loretta's is something that she wished upon herself. She's consciously aware of the wish. And in this other situation, Tammy is not aware. It's not her wish. Yeah, no, I think right? there's I think there's something to that. I think yeah, the, yeah. The, the magic might fade a little bit quicker if your spell is on someone else than on yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I'm right there with you. Okay. Yeah, we'll rationalize Leprechaun Three. Yeah. Good job, gentlemen. Yeah, we did it. It's all good. This is a failure. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, and the, the the director said that this was man <clears throat> this this was mandatory that when he would he had he had brought this uh, film. And it's completion, I think, without any breasts in it. And because it was a direct-to-DVD release, they told him to go back and put some breasts in it. Which he did. With this, like, actually really fun little scene with Mitch and a woman who undresses and comes out of the television. It's like the ring. To have sex with him. Which is really just an elaborate, what, hallucination? Because the leprechaun is behind his TV controlling it. And they do something here while Mitch is being seduced by this topless woman on the bed. And those are fake tits, right? Those things are like... Yeah, those are fake. Hard as a rock. Yeah. Just planted on her chest. Really nice butt, though. Um, They give the leprechaun an opportunity to do something that they... That, like, is sort of a Freddy Krueger thing. Which is when he gets to do those, like, fake commercials on TV in the background. That's a great scene. Leprechaun ass. I love that part. Yeah, they're good. I think there's three of them in total. I've got them all uh, mashed up here. Feeling sick? Stub your toe? Call this lawyer. I'll fix your world. Agony is my business. I'll fight for you. The signs point to a tragedy about to happen. Raise the lower! And it's through all those commercials that you're hearing Mitch just make all these great sounds, all these, oh, yeah, mm, mm, yeah, sweetie, my baby, yeah, daddy want. <laughs> but then the girl turns into a weird robot. The new best robot. Yeah, fuckbot. Like Ex Machina before Ex Machina. Yeah. First model, 1.0. <laughs> yeah, like when they're doing like the Ex Machina rehearsals. <laughs> They're like, hey, get that uh, Terminator skeleton with the tits out here. <laughs> and, oh, and, and then they use that robot to electrocute Mitch. Very creative. If that's something they had to pull out of their ass, then that's that's a lot of fun. Yeah, that was, like that. that was a pretty decent little robot for no money. Yeah, and he just what, gets like electrocuted to death? Yeah, yeah, by the robot. Wouldn't it, it have been great if he got fucked, just, oh. fucked to death? <laughs> right? Like it's going up and down in his dick and then it starts to like fritz out and spark and it just goes faster and faster and faster until he's like ah, and it's just blood pouring down his thighs daniel yeah don't get greedy this is <laughs> horror i want it can't always get what you want but i will always get what i need which is a completely out of place but reasonably charming scene between uh the two main goons of this movie Boxes keep crawling up my butt. I hate that. I go with jockeys now. Yeah. You know, it makes me feel like a sissy. Yeah. Can't hang like you really want to, but 
How do you want to hang? Loose. I want to be comfortable. I like, I like a little support. Do you? Yeah. How's my tie look? Fine. Yeah. Good. My socks are hanging down my ankles, too. I hate things. I wore those ones come over the calves with, like, tubers. Yeah. I get those garters, but they, they make me feel like a sissy, too. <laughs> <sighs> what the hell is that guy? Yeah, Trenchard Smith had, like, 50 seconds or 55 seconds or something that he needed filled. And he just put the camera on them and let them talk and just put it in the movie. One take and go. It's not bad. It's totally out of place and weird, but every time it comes on when I'm watching it, I watched this movie like five times. I don't know how I found it so watchable, but it, uh, it was so easy to just get through a viewing of this that I watched it many times. And every time that that scene came up, but it made me smile. Hey, Trenchard Smith is a problem solver. That's evident. <laughs> The primary skill, problem solving. That It's a good skill to have, and that very much like sounds or uh, falls in line with what I heard on the director commentary. It's very much that. There was no like bells or whistles when it showed the opening of the movie, when it has like a little montage of different, you know, casino games being played. He didn't say like, oh, we tried to, you know, make it as glitzy as possible or he really wanted to show the depth of greed in this place he was just like yeah that's your standard casino opener shot (laughs) (laughs) we just needed that to get us from point a to point b anyway this is the part that i like right here oh he bites his fucking toe off it's great shit (laughs) (laughs) oh those guys get it next hey the goons yeah goons take it take it from the leprechaun and like really weird yeah, a little eye poke, little shillelagh. Shillelagh, shillelagh shish kebab? Yeah. Ooh, shillelagh kebab. Yes, he's, the two goons bust in on the leprechaun on the bed with a dead Mitch, and they're immediately freaked out, like some sort of weird kinky play is happening. Uh, goon one gets his eye taken out. Goon two gets beaten to death with a shillelagh. <laughs> and then has the nerve to ask him how Judy Garland was. Nice little deep cut in there. A little deep little person cut. All right, let's get to Loretta's wish. Yes, you want to see Loretta's wish. Oh, these tits. And Loretta's death. Yeah, because she does the obvious. She wishes for all of her stuff to be put back in all the right places. She wants to a taut, haughty body of a 20-year-old again. And uh, she gets it and immediately goes and shows it off to the casino and then to Fazio. Look at those tits. I wish I was a man so I could just screw myself right to the floor. Mm. It was nice. She cleaned up, too. I don't know why the hair was so short, but she cleaned up nice. <laughs> I said to to uh, to Andrew when this scene happened, I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> short hair. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so close. And she doesn't get to enjoy her. She's she, First of all, let's say this. Loretta is terrible at holding on to that coin. Oh, yeah, she's, like, flipping it around, and... Oh, Mitch takes it from her, no problem. She has to go steal it back. Then she's showing off to Fazio. He sees the results of the coin right away and just steals it from her and runs off. Well, she flips it in the air, you know, flamboyantly, because she's she's so high on the fact that she's got the smoking, herself. the smoking 20s body that she used to have. I, I do like it when she lifts her skirt up and, like, shows her ass. Look, you're an ass man. Yeah, that's we get evident. It. It's very evident. We get it. It's nice. Just saying. <laughs> Those tits are fake. Hard as a rock, but nice ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's hard It's hard to fuck that up with putting stuff inside of it, although that's a thing now. So it's very fleeting. 
Loretta's wish is quite fleeting. Um, we leave her as Fazio goes out into the hallway and makes his wish to be the greatest mu- magician ever to live, right? Did yeah. He say to li- I think so. Or in the world. Yeah, in the world or something like that. And then we cut back to Loretta, who's about to get it from the leprechaun in one of the movies, arguably most creative and fun death scenes. Yeah, this would be the most creative death scene. Absolutely, yeah. And the leprechaun's always like one step behind, right? He never goes to the person that actually has the coin. He's always in the residual wake of people who are still in the effect of using the coin as a wishing device. And so he just continues on her wish to get bigger boobs and bigger lips and bigger butt. Much bigger. Too big. It's like uh, Slither. Too big. Those lips, though, am I right? Explosively big. Yeah, bursting with Those, goodness and daniel if you like uh big asses this is the scene for yeah. you oh yeah there's lots of ass in this scene oh yeah masturbated furiously every time <laughs> five times this was this was me to my dick <laughs> he watched he watched it five times uh yeah it's funny yeah her butt's really big her tits are really huge she can't fit through the door the part that's really disturbing though is her lips yeah, the lip part was a little bit, yeah. They I turn agree. into like a straight up like Howard the Duck sort of situation. Mm-hmm. And yes, then she explodes. And uh, Leprechaun is very happy with himself. Yeah, and he pulls out the umbrella. Yeah, he's got an umbrella ready, just like Stitches in the incident that somebody explodes goop and gore all over your body. That's a lesson to uh, the Freddies and Jasons out there that walk around umbrella-less. You know, I'm starting to think with all this ass talk, I'm starting to think... That there's only one thing that would really make Daniel happy. That would really satisfy Daniel completely. What would that be, Nathan? Well, I think it's got to probably be... wild anal. Something like that. It's just a big ass with a long-haired wig on it. I'm like, oh, beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Like a troll doll. (laughs) A troll doll. And just all you can see is the ass. Wrap that hair around you while you're giving it... And just hug on it and hump it. Shoving like some... your potato into its into its patch. Oh, that's the uh, that's the, the the butt plug, the spud plug. It's <laughs> the real way to get your uh, pull your let's, rod blown. Hey, let's let's get back to the subplot here, shall we? The subplot of wide eyes turning into a leprechaun. It's it's starting to gather momentum, is it not? Oh, it definitely is. He's keeling over in pain all the time from the transformation. He's, you know, popping out limericks and rhymes left and right, and it's freaking him out and freaking Tammy out. And Tammy honestly has, like, no problem at all letting him know that she's disgusted by his transformation. Oh, my God. What is it? What's wrong? Your face. <laughs> you know what's funny is at that point when you look at his face, it looks normal. Like, they did a, a pan back to his face of him having a normal human face. No, nothing weird about it. I think the random tufts of hair are what are what sells it. It is. It it's helps to things. magnify the, the freckled subtleties. Yeah, and to your point, Andrew, uh, the, the director on the commentary, that's the one thing he mentioned most frequently as a regret was not getting enough makeup onto Scott. Mm. There's moments where he looks good, Um but right after she spazzes out, it's not one of them. Well, they obviously put a lot of effort into the later stuff with the hospital bed stomach and mm-hmm. stuff. That was obviously effort put in there. But 
Yeah, also a really, like... There, they, they find themselves back in the pawn shop in the shelving area slash storage space. Right. Is this before or after the hospital? Before. Before. Before the hospital, yeah. They're, they're creeping around because this is where it all started, so surely the answer to ending it must be here. Mm-hmm. Go to the source. And while they're there, uh, does Scott also start to feel, like, the presence of that pot of gold? Yeah, right. he's in yeah. the safe, right? He's drawn to it. Yeah. Without the shillelagh. Mm-mm. Shillelagh unnecessarily. <laughs> it seems like the shillelagh is unnecessary. However, I think if you were close enough to it, because it's not like he's drawn, like a metal detector type drawn towards it. He's there. They are just going back to the source. And, you know, when he gets close enough to it, he feels it. And then he telekinetically opens the safe. Mm-hmm. And here the, here the director is very proud of himself in teaching a low-budget moment. He's like, you see, when you see the fingers turning the uh, combination dial, that's actually just the door that we've removed from the safe, and we're filming it separate. He's like, when the safe is being shot in its entirety, the dial never actually moves. And then it's quiet for a second, and he's like, oh, that sounded better in my head. It's cheap, but it works. <laughs> <laughs> I do like wide eyes gets wide-eyed again. This time, not with innocence, now with, with greed. greed over the gold. Obsession. Leprechaun obsession. Gold face. Eyes wide. Yeah, because she wants to get rid of the gold. Yeah, he doesn't like that. He tries to start convincing her and she slaps him one. Oh, yeah. She slaps him harder than she slaps Mitch in the elevator. And then enter Leprechaun with his axe and his wonderful rhyme about is it dick. Is, is the oh, dick rhyme God, now? Yeah, the dick rhyme. The dick rhyme's got to be close. <laughs> Please tell me you recorded that. Oh, I've got some dick rhymes. Where is my dick rhyme? I'm glad that you bring it up. Is it, is, it, is it another stipulation that when you transform into a leprechaun that your teeth get disgusting? Uh, yes, that's definitely that part gets, of it. It's definitely yeah. part of it. Yeah, you have uh, forehead issues and, uh, and disgusting teeth. Uh, yeah. Chop! Oh, are you talking about... Yeah, because uh, he... What are they? Tr- oh, that, that's right. Yes, he's trying to use uh, the leprechaun comes in. He's like, hey, what's up? I don't like having another leprechaun on my turf. And you're getting a little bit too leprechaun for my taste. What's up, right. motherfucker? You make those comments earlier that there's something about leprechauns being in the same vicinity with each other that makes them very adversarial or they just can't be around each other. Yeah, something like each other. Something like that. They're both trying to like hoard the same thing in the same area and they just don't like it. It's- but, oh, that's that's logical, though. They would be driven by their obsession over the gold, and they would fight over it. Yeah, they would I constantly see, steal from each other. Yeah, I don't see two leprechauns being chill with each other, sitting next to each other with two separate pot of golds. Fuck that. No, and Scott thinks that he can get one over on the leprechaun by using a coin to wish the leprechaun into a trap at the bottom of the ocean. He already used his wish. But that doesn't even matter, because there's a little, you know... What, did he forget the charm that a leprechaun's gold can't do him no harm? Yeah. And you can't use leprechaun's own gold to hurt him. You just can't do that. It's not part of the rules. <clears throat> so instead, the leprechaun, I forget how he shoes them to the ground or how he gets them both onto the ground. But once he's got Scott on the ground, he's got him within axe range and also within limerick range. For pulling this trick, I'll chop up your dick! Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I think that was my favorite one. It's not even a limerick. That was just a rhyme. 
Uh, for pulling this trick, I'll chop off your dick. Yep. Leprechaun 3. Oh, Leprechaun telekinetically moved the pallet out behind uh, Wide Eyes and made him trip over the pallet. And then, and then Wide Eyes threw the, an extra coin that he grabbed because he yeah. grabbed a couple of coins. From That's the to distract so they can yeah. get out of there, away from him, but... It's all in one motion. Like they ten- telekinetically move the pallet out. He trips and falls over it as he's saying, "For that trick, I'll cut off your dick." Boom! It's <laughs> like that. And then yeah, they they throw the the shilling to distract him, and then they bust a move out of there to go to the hospital to figure out what the fuck to do about this transformation business. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. And cool. once they get to the hospital, this all of a sudden this movie goes from goofy low budget fun to like satirical political piece like it's making a very hard rub on the medical industry and large hospitals in general right because these doctors are just pieces of shit well yeah and it was they did like the uh this is life or death do you have insurance Give him another sedative, damn it! Now listen to me. This may mean the difference between living and dying. Do you have health insurance? Do you take Green Cross? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ah, but they do that too. They find his money. They don't even want to steal his money. They just want to put him through an elaborate barrage of tests that will use all of his money up. Yeah, we'll just start with A. And yep. then tomorrow we'll do B. They do the a tests. great, they do a great job on his chest, and his stomach, that straggly hair that's gross and a little <laughs> bit damp and ugh, <laughs> terrible. Kind of like foamy, ripply abs. Ugh. No, that part doesn't even bug me as much as that hair. It's the long hair, it's the, the same long one that's coming out for his sideburns. Straggly hair with the wetness. Ugh. Yeah, the Carvers apparently have problems with hair. No, don't lop me in. You're lumped in now, buddy. Lop me in. I wish. You recognize people based on hair. That Nathan is always associated with everything that's negative about me. (laughs) Uh, I wish. (sighs) (laughs) That's all. Jesus. Okay. Um, Yeah, no, the doctors seem a little bit weird. I didn't really think about it as like a slight on doctors or the hospital. I just thought of it as being goofy and ridiculous. Yeah, it's definitely that. And I love, you know, just like all these uh, franchised horror villains, you know, they all get to slip into the um, playing dress-up role. You know, when the leprechaun comes into the hospital and he's got the full, like, nurse's regalia on with a little mesh netting over his (laughs) leprechaun hat? Looking pretty in pink. He's got a little clipboard. He's got shit to do. That's how you walk into a place like that, with authority. Nobody questions this horrible monster walking around with little slippies on. He does a lot of shit like that in this movie. Just fun. I think they started to loosen up at some point and just started to have a lot of fun with it. Because the first 30 to 40 minutes of this movie, you're kind of like, okay, what are they going to do with this? You know. And then when they establish the coin and the wishes, they just start to build on it and it builds kind of like a snowball and it just keeps it keeps maintaining that fun 
throughout it. It doesn't really lose that. A lot of movies flame out at the end and they lose whatever momentum they have. But this one seems to just gather momentum and just finish strongly. Yeah, it does. Leprechaun comes and hunts them down. Uh, they have sort of a you know, climatic last battle where the leprechaun's starting to use manipulation a little bit. He's he's tossed away the idea of them fighting each other and is more trying to lure him. And you guys definitely caught the Star Wars homage in here, right? Yes. They even mimic... Coming to the green side? They even mimic the music a little bit, if you listen closely. Scott, come over to the green side. I'll make you rich. There it is. Yours for the taking. Yeah, they're careful not to do it. They're careful. It's close. They're so careful. And then they hold the note. Yep. Because they're not sure what to do with it because they don't want to take it there. Oh, that was nice. Like, I I knew they were doing it through the, uh, you know, the the dialogue. But it wasn't until I recorded it that I was like, oh, no, the music is there, too. Dun, 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 dun. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. And, of course, the only way to hurt a leprechaun is to directly hurt its gold. Yeah, that's the new thing here. The death the death at the end of this movie is a little strange. It's hilarious the way the leprechaun's flaming body is just sort of flailing around in the air. And you see that, like, Scott uses a flamethrower, Fazio's flamethrower, to set the actual pot of gold on fire. And that, in turn, sets the leprechaun on fire that just goes spinning around in the air, kicking his legs. That's one of his weaknesses. If you damage or melt or hurt the gold, you hurt him. Right, and he does... He just, what, eventually falls to the ground in, like, a skeletal burning heap? And... Mm, yeah, I think it was an ashy body-type landing. Yeah, and that's that's the end, right? That's another... That's the end of another leprechaun. We've, we've melted think- and blown up and burned up. I think we, you. I think you missed, missed out on. You a, missed Fabio's ending. Fazio. Fazio's ending. Oh yeah, we did skip over that. Yeah, his little. Uh, Cut the lady in half. Yes. That's where confrontation happens, right? Right before the, the flamethrower, the lighting the gold on fire. It happens at the magic stage. They escape the hospital and come after Fazio and Fazio tries to call his bluff in front of everybody and he chainsaws him he scarfaces him yeah yeah it is a good little scene yeah I can't believe we, we skipped over this or I skipped over this is because yes Leprechaun interrupts Fazio's magic show with his own little magical uh, presentation he's even dressed up to look like Fazio and Fazio has no choice but to just go along with it so that the show doesn't stop and does. get a kick of I get a kick out of wide eyes in this whole part of it because as as this death scene is taking place in front of this audience, as the leprechaun is chainsawing Fazio. <laughs> the character that probably most deserves it. Um, as that's happening, you see it keeps cutting to Tammy and wide eyes like running through the casino to get to him to confront the leprechaun. And every time wide eyes runs around a corner, he's got those like, you know, tufts of hair and the, <laughs> the big, eyebrows. big eyebrows and he's just the way he's running it's like a trot <laughs> it's just like his uh, eyes are still wide open <laughs> like he's just a couple of extra tufts of hair away from being jim brewer's goat man <laughs> i just hear this irish girl <laughs> my head like as he runs around the corner hey matey yeah i'm coming for that leprechaun yeah, and then all the following uh, 
the the great with the spewing the blood all over the audience from sawing Fabio in half. He they even go the distance and crack the like box open so that you can see all of Fazio's innards like spill out. No, you see what I just did, Andy? What? I got him to say Fabio. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and I responded to your nonsense. Yeah, you did as well. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> I was mocking you because I got you to say Fabio. Why? By and you? I called him Andy, and he responded to me. So by by you saying Fabio, I did, and then it planted itself as a seed into your mind. Yeah, your failure is infectious. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, it's true. Uh, <laughs> that's totally what I wanted. <laughs> I was like, please, yes. <laughs> All right. And there's no. Uh, is there any like kissing into the sunset scene in here, or does the leprechaun just sort of uh, flame out and die on the floor, and then we're done? Um, he kind of flies into the air and comes back down. Boom! Shows really big skeletal, hands. melting face in flames, and then wide eyes freaks out. He's got some stomach pain, and that stomach pain is followed by a return to normal. And as soon as he's normal. No more potatoes. Scott. <laughs> and then she and she plants one on his lips. And they walk out of the casino. She's still wearing this stripper outfit the entire time. And she throws the gold coin away. Yeah, she they just throw hugs it the away. Coin. She's got everything she needs. She's got Scotty wide eyes. Really? They can't. It, are they afraid that if they make a wish, it'll provide some sort of like rejuvenation juice and maybe bring the leprechaun a little bit back to life if they if they try to make a wish? Because otherwise, wouldn't you just keep that coin and be like, yeah, uh, I wish that we don't have to worry about wealth forever. And then they can just go be rich and wide eyed together. Mm, I think at this point, the ordeal that they went through, it's just best to move on. This is a movie about relationships <laughs> and it ends with love. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Um, that's great. <laughs> I'll tear your eyes out and I'll rip your face off. <laughs> yeah, the love is just overwhelming. Abundant. It's abundant. Over fucking whelming. Oh, do you want some love, intern? Oh, this is nice. This is good. Oh, what can I do for you? Where did you come from? What's the difference? What do you get? You want my heat-seeking moisture missile, don't you? Heat-seeking moisture missile. We yep. had to rewind it because I said, did he just say that? And Nathan's like, I don't know. Let's find out. So, yeah. like, no, you said, you said heat-seeking moisture missile? Question mark? <laughs> and I'm like, did he just say that? Oh, he said <laughs> it. <laughs> it's the best line from the movie. But he says it under his breath. Like, yeah. just, oh, you want my heat-seeking moisture missile? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> 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 uh, <sighs> oh, my God. God got, damn it! Yeah, totally. You want my heat-seeking moisture missile? Ah, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right. Enough of this monkey fuck. Yeah. That is it. No more sound clips. For pulling this trick, I'll jump up your dick! Were you going to rate this thing? And let's go ahead and rate this thing. Andrew, uh, come on. Surprise us. Uh, I'm going to surprise you by giving the same 
score that Nathan's <gasps> most likely going to give you, which will be a minus one. A minus one. Okay, I'll take a minus one. Uh, what have you rated the other ones, Andrew? Do you remember? I uh, just watched Leprechaun, and I gave that a zero, and I gave Leprechaun 2 a minus one. So there wasn't enough goofy shit in the first one for you? No. Even with Jennifer Aniston running around saying Nathan come on all the time? <laughs> yeah. um, uh, the shoes. The shoes got me in the first one. I loved his obsession there with was, the shoes. There was a few points, but it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't as fun as these yeah. ones. It was pretty weak, actually. Now it's no the Brian Trenchard-Smith. Builds. It gets better. It changes things. It tries new things. It does. We have wishing on shillings as well as uh, becoming leprechaun zombies. Yeah. Nathan, yep. so that means you're leaning a negative one as well? Yeah, because it's a sequel, I'm going to be harsher on it because it needs to try new things. It needs to diversify itself because if it just keeps going back to the same thing, then it, you know, deserves a zero because it's unnecessary. But, you know, the second one didn't stay in that house. It moved on. And the third one now takes him to Vegas and they do new things and they introduce new elements and the whole story is driven around a different idea. And yeah, it was a lot of fun, a lot of ridiculousness, especially some of the shit that the Leprechaun was doing. He, I think Warwick must have had a lot of fun with this one. There was a lot of fun scenes where he got to have a lot of fun and, and play around. Yes. So, I, yeah, no, this is a strong minus one. Yeah, Warwick uh, is on record as saying this is his favorite of the franchise, number three. He felt like he got to have the most fun, so I guess he's including all that dancing around with Elvis and whatnot. <laughs> right. I think the TV ads is... Uh... Yeah, yeah, the TV stuff is awesome. And like you're saying, like whatever this situation is, whatever the scene is, if it's a hospital, then he comes storming through the door with a notepad <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a coat on. Like he's Every scene, he just kind of busts in having fun and doing, doing his little prance. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Um, I think, yeah, I think I'm probably going to have to agree with you guys. Um, I, I leaned, I was... I sort of considered it both ways because I had such a fun time watching this movie over and over. There are times when I'm watching the movie over and over again for this show, and it's a burden. It is laborious trying to get through that third viewing, trying to catch something maybe you didn't see the first time. But Leprechaun 3, I had no problem just leaving it on and letting it loop around. It, it seemed even shorter than 90 minutes once you got past some of the opening segments. But I think that is what prevents me from giving it a negative two, even though I find all the characters fun and charming, is that I try to picture myself recommending this movie to someone and then watching the a couple of the mediocre jokes that we love so much just falling flat on them and them just turning off right away. Or maybe the racist opener with Gupta is maybe a hard one for people in 2016 to stomach. Either way, it's those things that prevent me from giving a, ne a negative two or that recommendation level. But negative one, for sure. The characters are here. The goofiness is here. Warwick's having a good time. Characters are having a good time. And you have a director who loves making movies with small budgets. So the sincerity and the fun is all apparent. It's, uh, like Nathan said, it's a strong number one. Uh, strong minus one, excuse me. A strong number one. Just a naked one. A naked number one. It's a strong number three doing a minus one. It's a, it's a three minus four. Leprechaun became a franchise at this point. It was not a franchise until this happened. No, just a duology. Yeah. Correct. But we're done with Leprechaun 3. Time to move on. 
out there and spin that wheel. For pulling this trick, I'll jump up your dick! Category is 100 lunatics. The lunatic is Leatherface. You will be watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I was wondering. I was wondering when it was going to make an appearance. It's good too. It's a new franchise. New franchise material. The uh, sequels and uh, remakes list was getting a little thin. The original? The original. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 1970... 70, oof, what is that, four? Four? Uh, the intern has brought something to my attention that I need to correct. <laughs> yeah, Nathan doesn't know what a franchise is, apparently. Leprechaun was a trilogy at this point. Franchise is it, four. Yeah, didn't become a franchise until he went to space. There, correction made. There we go. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I, yeah, okay. It's a befuddling franchise. Once the... Uh, it gets past its original sequels. Uh, the remakes have a weird heyday with this franchise. But we're going back to see Toby Hooper's original. I, myself, am a Texan. Will there be some bias? I don't know. I've only seen bits and pieces of this movie. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre in its entirety. I don't understand how a state that's so pro-life can have a movie named after it called the Chainsaw Massacre. It's, it's what happened in Texas. Oh, is this based on a true story? I think loosely based on a true story. I'd have to investigate a little bit. Uh, there's definitely a lot to research about this film. Uh, it does a lot for film, for the genre, for low-budget pieces, for directing on a dime, for newcomers changing things. There's a lot going on with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that one might not think just by looking at its title. Oh, the depth. Such depth to the horror genre. So but, full. But I know what the movie's fame is for, but I don't know what my actual opinion on the movie is, so I am excited and worried. Is about... it famous for killing people with a chainsaw? Is that what he does? He kills everybody with a chainsaw? He has a chainsaw. He, he likes, just kill them. To, he likes to wear their skin on his face. Ah, uh, yes, the leather face part of it. Yeah, he is one of the iconic slasher stalking characters, right? This he is. is. like an homage to... How 100 Lunatics first started out with slasher stalker characters. Yeah, and it's weirdly one of the ones that I avoided as a kid. As a kid, I had no problem sucking up all the Freddies and Chuckies and Jasons, but I had always avoided Leatherface for some reason, as well as a couple of others like The Howling and a few other franchises. I don't know why I did, but it's continued up until this day. Was Chainsaw Massacre too sincere in its, in its evil? Maybe. Maybe I was into the goofiness of those other franchises that... I just didn't see, like, it, it looked too artistic, maybe? Might have been my issue. Maybe there's too many tit shots and not enough ass shots. I don't know. There's Oh, that could be, yeah, just a bunch of uh, big-titted, no-assed women with short hair walking around. <laughs> mm. But no, nice there's... Yummy. Beyond... <laughs> nice ash. Nice ash. But there's beyond Leatherface is his family, which makes up the disturbing sort of Texas Chainsaw Massacre atmosphere, is that it's not just Leatherface. He is sort of the uh, low IQ giant of the family. So he is a character of many, 
but he gets all the attention because of the way that he looks and behaves. Oh, is this like is is the hills have eyes kind of in the same yeah. arena? Yeah, there's a hillbilly disturbing nature oh. that that very it's... much uh, started in this era with Texas Chainsaw it... and the Hills of Eyes and yada yada. Okay. And we will be watching that next time. In the meantime, please go and check out 100lunatics.com. Be prepared for a major refresh coming soon. We're going to lay the groundwork to make it a little bit easier to start putting out episodes more consistently. We're also going to set up some spaces in the future for some side projects coming along. That will be interesting. So aside from 100lunatics.com, you can reach myself or the show in general at 100lunatics. Go visit our sister podcast, Trailer Pod- Podcast. Um, that's trailer. Is it tparkpodcast.com or trailerparkpodcast.com? Uh, www.trailerparkpodcast.com and on Twitter at tparkpodcast. And to reach the intern at the intern TPP. Or just walk outside and scream to the heavens, Andy! Yes. Or just uh, pick up a <laughs> ukulele and strum it and make a wish and Andrew will appear. <laughs> That's the better way. As all interns are forced to give a wish once someone becomes in possession of their magical ukulele. Can we do a magical u- ukulele side project? Where we all learn how to play the ukulele and have ukulele battle-offs? Oh god. You guys would lose. Uh, I wouldn't even bother to play it. I would just grab it by its handle and direct it towards your head. (laughs) (sighs) Fuzzio! It's amazing. It's amazing. Give him another sedative, damn it! Now listen to me. This may mean the difference between living and dying. Do you have health insurance? Do you take Green Cross? I mean, I was losing my shirt, and then I went to pawn my watch, and then I found a dead guy. You what? You're in the box. I do the standard switch gag. And then I set fire to the box! The audience goes nuts thinking you're in there being burnt alive! This is a true frontier, and it's one of the last of its kind, not only in Texas, but in the country. Go wherever you want. That's what I love about this area. You feel like you are exploring. You don't know when the last time somebody set foot where you did. What was that? I have no idea. I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Pretty sure it was me, but I don't know where it was coming from. I was so confused. I was like, this clip is not relevant. I don't know what the joke is here. (laughs) It's got to be the website that I'm on, but I don't know which website's doing it. (laughs) I like five sites up here. I apologize. Please cut it out.